Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, are we doing this? Let's do it. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucking knots? Oh, my God. It goes on forever. How's it going? Thank you again for all the lovely emails and support around the 100th episode. It is a milestone. I don't believe I've ever done that much of anything, but I just want to thank you guys again for all your feedback. I think I'm going to make the emails a little more regular part of the show and perhaps uh, even some of the listener phoners. Those were great. That kid Ray was great. I got to call him for advice again. I'm going to get back in touch with him. Man. It's always good when a kid who's 15 can set you straight. All right, before I get into the show proper, and our guest today is the inimitable, unimitable, inimitable, the fucking hilarious Jimmy Pardo. That I can say with confidence. Jimmy Pardo from the Never Not Funny podcast, a podcast pioneer, and uh, a very funny man. But before I get into that, I want to hip you to this. At WTFPodshop.com, a new premium podcast episode is available and it's something we're calling a night of many jews it features jeff garland Susie essman gary goldman and joe mandy it was hilarious it was done at comics some of you were there it is now available at uh, wtfpodshop.com night of many jews enjoy that so where are we going today hold on look at this i got some iced pow what the fuck i just shit my head my pants can you shit your pants with iced coffee i don't know i made iced coffee though i made it a different way i stole the recipe from the bag at starbucks it seems to make good sense it's the best iced coffee i've ever made as opposed to just using the coffee that gets old and shitty that you leave in your urn or cooking too long on the burner and it just becomes like coffee gravy or coffee syrup and you think fuck it i'll just put that in the fridge and ice that up what I did, I made it specifically to make iced coffee. I went one cup coffee, ground coffee, to three cups hot water. So I made a very strong brew. And then I poured that over three cups of ice. And then I threw that in the fridge. And then I poured over ice again. And it's perfect. It's perfect. I'm sharing recipes, folks. That's what we're doing today. I'm getting a lot of bromance applications. Apparently, a lot of you think that Joe, as great as a, as a bro as he is, and even though we had our first bromance date, that some of you would do a better job, would be a better, a better buddy for me. So I'm getting some of those applications. They're coming in. You know, we had Duke on the 100th episode. And this is for a guy that doesn't really hang out that much. I, You know, I haven't talked to Joe since the live episode. I, I guess I should get back in touch with him. I don't know. I mean, I should think of something fun to do. But I did, oh, I want to do this before I get into the bromance application that I got because I think it's it's pretty powerful and it put me into, put life into some sort of perspective for a change. But this first, I got this email, subject line, wheelchairs. Mark, my mother has multiple sclerosis. She uses a wheelchair, but she can and does walk. However, walking for more than a few minutes becomes very painful and she gets easily fatigued. I've seen her barely able to move after something as simple as going to a restaurant. It's not a pretty sight. So that's how you get that treatment. Just get yourself a debilitating muscular disorder and you too can be living life on easy street. 
I do love the show, but I hope you can understand why your comments would piss me off. Martin. This is in reference to the the comment I made on the 100th episode. I am sorry, Martin. That was insensitive. And you are correct. I did not uh, seek to upset you, but that was insensitive, and I do apologize. Now, onward into the bromance application I got. This is one of those things where even if I don't get in touch with this guy, it does put life into perspective, I guess. It's a little rough. It's a little tough love. I don't do well with tough love. Bromance application, Mark. I don't email your show that much, although I have enjoyed it and haven't missed an episode. Although because I'm in the army and traveling much lately... I usually get them a week late. I also have enjoyed your perspective and analysis about things since the Air America days. All right, so here it goes. You don't need a bunch of enablers for your bromance. No offense to them or you. I think we're all the same. I've just learned to deal with the same bullshit differently. You need someone who can put your shit into perspective. How about an Iraq war veteran that's done about 30 months over there and has stepped on a guy's face that was not attached to his body by accident? Here's the deal. When you're whining and hyperventilating about your jeans that don't fit right, I'll explain to you that 50 pounds of body armor and bullets I had to wear in 140 degree heat and how comfortable that was to lug around. When you start obsessing over boots that don't fit right, I'll tell you about the time I did a six mile road march with a 40 pound backpack in one hour and the blisters it creates, especially when you're doing it on a sprained ankle. When you start complaining about moving and shit, I'll tell you about the convoy I had to lead and move people from northern Iraq to Ramadi over four days in 130 degree heat in what essentially is a metal armored coffin. Or the first convoy I took out the door in Ramadi where a guy blew himself up right in front of our convoy. When you're suspicious of people or paranoid, I'll tell you about the lady that was hiding a bomb under her abaya, is that how you pronounce that? And then ran across the road to slow my convoy down so the bomb that was laying in the median could hit our vehicle. I'm not discounting your shit by any means because in your mind, that shit is just as serious as my shit. But even your panicked mind could put that shit into perspective and you would instantly realize, hey, my shit ain't that serious. I'm just not going to enable people to worry themselves sick about that kind of shit, myself included. Look, I think we're kindred spirits. Your name is Mark spelled with a C. My name is Marcus spelled with a C. What more do you need to have in common? Age could make a large difference. I am only 29. But if you add the fact that I've been married for seven years, have a five-year-old son diagnosed with ADHD, and I've spent about two and a half years in a combat zone, I think my real age comes out to somewhere around 46. Mark, I hope you consider this application and don't take it as derogatory or demeaning. Like you said, and I believe we're all the same, trying to hold all of our shit together and stay on the normal path. But really, every day I have a longer way to go to stay on that path, and I do it. I still freak out about comparatively trivial shit sometimes as well, but then I go back to my motto. Don't sweat the small stuff, and once you've been shot at, it's all small stuff. Okay, Marcus, I I get your point, but I got to be honest with you. Today, I woke up at 7.15 in the morning, okay? That's pretty early. I woke up at 7.15 in the morning. I got got coffeeed up. I didn't eat any breakfast. I took vitamins, and I didn't eat anything. I had to get in my car to go do an interview in Santa Monica, all right? And this is at rush hour, and I'm burping up fish oil, all right, which is uncomfortable. 
and, and doesn't taste good. I didn't put gas in my car, so I'm a little freaked out that I might not make it. And I'm stuck on the 10 in bumper-to-bumper traffic, burping up fish oil with just coffee and vitamins in my stomach, feeling nauseous. It's like 100 degrees outside. I have air conditioner on, but that's not the point. And I'm driving to Santa Monica, and I might not make my appointment, okay? And then I get to Santa Monica with a few minutes to spare, and, and I'm, I'm pretty panicked and pretty freaked out, and I get out of the car, and I step on a guy's face that wasn't connected to his body. So, and that was in Santa Monica. So I understand what you're saying, but I mean, you know, I, I, I know where you're coming from, but you know, I have my problems too. Because, you know, what was that, what, what was that guy's face doing in Santa Monica? It's a, it's a, it's a bad place for a face. What's, how come we don't fill places? I don't understand. Jimmy, what do we have to do? Do you, I, I mean, do, do you, have you thought about this? Is this the program? Sure. Is, I don't know if this is the program, if this is us getting comfortable, and then we're going to do the show. Jimmy Pardo is here, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't understand how this we'll, works. We'll see what ends up on the show. I mean, all I know is I go out. I would think you've been around, what, longer than me, probably? No. 30, no, 30 years? No. And No, no. I, I was on my, again, I, my first Carolines, I was on. Uh, my first television show, you were also on the exact same episode. Right. But that was like your third Carolines. It was my first and only. I did two. Then it was your second. You wore a fringe jacket. Right. You thought you were, uh, you know. It in- wasn't fringe, it was just suede. I insist there was no, some fringe. There was no I insist fringe. there was fringe. I do not, we- I did not wear what you like one of those like uh, Kit Carson yeah, jackets with the. It, it looked like the- you were, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I think there was. Why j- can't I pull the movie with Dustin Hoffman? It's the most. It was uh, Little Big Man. Mr. Uh, Midnight, Midnight, uh, Midnight Cowboy. Cowboy. It's very Midnight Cowboy. So I, you I thought can't... I looked like John Voight in Midnight yes, Cowboy? Yes, I thought you looked like a homosexual. Right. Out uh, trying to make a couple of bucks. I, I think I was that then. I, I think that, <laughs> that out of fear of being a homosexual, I was doing stand-up comedy. Right, which is really the only reason we all got into it, I, right? I think so. Just keep right? that dick away from me, huh? We got tired of being called <laughs> faggot in, uh, in <laughs> theater, right. and then we went into this. This is as close as it's going to get. This mic, that's all that's getting near here. You don't have to tell me that. I know. So we did that uh, that TV show together. I have no recollection of you whatsoever. And yeah, it was 1989, uh, I think. Right? No, no, that, this particular one was 90, uh, early 93. It was at the New Carolines. Yeah, it was a beautiful club. Richard Jenny was the host. God rest Our, his soul. God rest his soul. And uh, it was me, you, I want to say Kozak might have been on the program. Kozak. Jonathan, Jonathan Goff definitely was. Jonathan Groff. Groff, rather. Yes, who I uh, started with, who was uh, went on to write for Conan. And Kozak, here comes some birds. Yeah. And a little of that smoke. Uh, and then there was a fourth guy. It was me, Groff, you, guy I can't remember, and then the amazing Kozak. All on the same show. Yeah, that's a nice, that's a strong show. Do you that's a, a strong tape? show today as well as it was then. Sure. Do I, but that was before Kozak started wearing the cowboy hat. You know, he went cowboy for a while. He moved to Arizona. I did not was, know that. Yeah, there was a cowboy hat involved. I did not know that. And the last I saw him, I, it wasn't clear to me he was doing magic at all. Um, he wasn't doing the thing that he uh, I, he wasn't does? on stage. He, he oh, just okay. showed he, up somewhere. He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" Like he would show up. Like, maybe that's what he was doing. He was experimenting with appearing places. Like I saw, <laughs> I saw, he showed up in San Antonio. And that's his David Blaine of yeah. of his his version of David Blaine. There's he no just, audience. Just he shows just, up. He just shows up, and I'm like, "Where the hell have you been?" Yeah, I've right? been around. So that happens a lot, though. So I guess my question, if we can get back to it, is like, what the fuck do we have to do, Jimmy? 
Um, you know, I tell you what, my podcast is really helping. It is, it's not it's not filling the room, but I, you know, I come out and you could tell people are there to see me based on the podcast. Oh yeah, and that's a great feeling. It is finally. That, yeah, right. I mean, I don't want like you, I see. I think I can talk to you like this, you know, because we're, we're children, basically. Yes, emotionally. Mm. A little bit, one more than the other. But yeah, go ahead. no, that's fine. But uh, but like I have, a, I, I like I'm excited because after after 25 years or however long I've been doing this, mm-hmm. the thing that I do by myself with nobody's help, really. Right. I mean, I've got Brendan who works with me, and you've got your guys. Yeah. But we we did this. This is we built this thing. Right. We, and then people come. I do a million other things. You can be on TV all you want. I was I was someone else's puppet for many years, mm-hmm. dressed in a lot of different ways. I blame it on haircuts. Like if I'd committed to a haircut. Early on, you had some hair uh, situations. Yeah, you, you, had, you had your crazy, uh, sure, curly sure. hair at one point. All different kinds. Yeah, and I think that it it didn't it, it disabled people to lock in to you, say like that's a guy with that. You haircut. think it was that? You yeah. think it might have been your off putting personality? No, and no, material? no, 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 no. It was all. No. I think the moving facial hair. Listen, I get that you're doing a bit. But, I'm not, but uh, you're wrong. It was uh, you were off putting. But, but and the material was not people did not uh, respond. They didn't like me. Okay. You, well, yeah, you, you were. Listen, com- comedians barely, liked you, but I think real people barely, were put barely, off. They barely liked me. Well, not, certainly not on first impression. We'd have to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But okay, so if that explains me, what explains your lack of success? And um, see, I I don't want to turn that around, but that's no, what I do. No, no, I I hear. I I don't disagree with you. I I don't know if I've. Uh, 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 found the right thing on television to get people. I think the podcast finally allowed me to, to be to, funny? to be me. Yeah, you right. know what I mean. Right, uh, right. To not uh, not right. confine me. Even my half hour special on Comedy Central is uh, is I think good. Yeah, you know it's eight years old now. Uh, but you felt it represented you. Uh, uh no, I think it's good. I don't okay. think it's very okay. good. I yeah. don't think it's yep. great. Yeah, I think it's a good special. Right. I'm. Uh, Truth be told, if I'm if I'm gonna lean one way, maybe I'm a little embarrassed by it. Uh, even though at the time it, it, the sh- the set was great, I don't I don't like the way it. I do not think it represents me. I, I think editing hurt me. Really? Yeah. I had some I had some feelings about mine. I made I make bad decisions that I really think are the right decisions. Yeah. Uh, initially, like I had. Did you do you remember mine? I, it was very. Oh yeah, memorable. sure, of course I do. What, what, no, what that? All right, I remember right. your did, Comedy Central's half hour. The second one I did, I decided that I would have a herd of sheep. I do remember that behind me going the other way. Okay, okay. Go, walking away, which means it was basically a bunch of sheep's asses. Mm-hmm. And then on stage, I had one sheep. I, right. That was just there. So I thought that, like, you know, that represented me a- away from the herd. Mm-hmm. But really, it was just sort of like, what's with the fucking sheep? Yeah. I mean, who's going to go that deep? But I thought, I really thought that was a great idea. Well, I think, I, I think what on paper, it's a great idea. Yeah, that's uh, right. Because it's, I, I, to me, I, when I saw that, I do remember seeing that now. I thought it was uh, here. I, I didn't see it as you as the lone sheep. I saw it as the, the, the lemmings, the sheep, the people that the followers yeah. did, were not interested in you. Seriously, that's right, how I right. saw it. I thought like, oh, here's the people, and uh, nope, they're all going away from him, except for this one sheep. <laughs> so it's just placed to a very small crowd. Yes. Right. I mean, I re- and I truly thought up until you just explained it to me that that was the reason. Like, you were just saying, hey, I'm my own guy. I'm not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. I thought it was a, a conscious decision. Well, I think no, I think it go. Th- I, th- I think that way works for me. I don't have any problem I, with that. Well, if I'm you, I start spinning it that way because it sounds more positive than this, uh, the thing you just explained. So you're saying, like, no one else understands me but this one sheep. That's right. And that's my we friend. Get you. And you know what? And the other sheep can go follow your other styles. Go fuck them. Yeah, right? Fuck you, you lemmings. Yeah. Go fuck you fucking sheep. That's yeah. what I saw. Like in my in my head, that was basically you fucking sheep. You don't get me. Yeah, that's this one right. does. Yeah, and that's why he's that's here on stage that with me. Yeah. That's right. But you know, I don't know if you look closely. Like, next time, maybe you will. 
that the way it, the picture is set up there, my head is just among sheep's anuses. It's just literally because of the way the picture is set up. My yeah. my my head is just another sheep's ass. Well, if you look at it that way. You know way. what? Again, I didn't see it like that. Uh, okay, all right, well, this is not about making me feel better. Oh. I want I want to know about you. What do you want to know? What did I have? My backdrop for my Comedy yeah. Central special? Uh, I kind of had like an old, uh, uh, the roast uh, man of the year, sort of the Dean Martin roast vibes. Yeah. It was my, it was a cartoon head of mine that mm-hmm. may or may not look more like Todd Glass than me. Right. Uh, in a circle with like some, uh, with some circles around it, kind of a retro blue. Oh, I get it. It was pretty cool with my name, Jimmy Pardo in like a, in a neat right. font. We used to do like, you, do you see yourself as sort of a retro act as a lounge act? Because I feel like that you, that whole thing is you're getting away from that. Um, did you used to, I think people, I think my rat-a-tat style and my choice of words. Yeah made people think that I was that way. I don't know if that was a conscious effort. Um, you wore suits. Yeah, I wear a suit from time to time. Although, no, I'll tell you wear... what, the other day, I had to come right from the plane on the stage in Cincinnati. Yeah. Just jeans and a t-shirt. How good was that? Jesus. I felt, you know what, it felt like, it felt like a snow day in school. <laughs> I felt like I didn't have to put the costume on. Yeah. You know, like, and then somehow that freed up my head too. Like, uh, hey, hey, we're not really, I don't have the, I don't have the suit on. This isn't a real show. We do yeah. whatever we want. And, you know, it, it was great. It was great, right? Yeah. Then I tried to find an excuse every other night, uh, you know, like, how come I, why won't I wear the suit tonight? Well, why would you need to wear the suit? That's something you put on yourself. It's your decision. Do you have a little guy inside you that thinks that if you don't dress up, you're not really doing a show? Well, you know what? I think I, in a way I painted myself in a corner that people, because I always talk about being a gentleman wearing a suit and a hard shoe. Yeah. And I think that my quote unquote fans mm-hmm. would go, uh, oh, he's just in gym shoes and a t-shirt. That's not, that's not Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy. Where, where's the suit and the hard shoe, Jim? Oh, really? So, you so pr- I kind of feel like painting myself in the corner. So like if I, if I don't wear the suit. Uh, I think I have to come up with some, you know, ah, yeah, I, I, I was at the mall too long. You know, really? didn't get to the uh, hotel. So let me just get this straight. If you go on stage without a suit, you're going to have to explain it somehow to yourself and then perhaps use that to open your show with. Uh, open or talk about for the next 55 minutes. That's tremendous. Yeah. And uh, maybe that maybe you should be the guy that used to wear the suit. I mean, that's your hook. That's my hook. <laughs> hey, remember Pardo used to wear the suit? You think you had haircut trouble? It's a whole act. Really? That's gonna be my hook. <laughs> That's your hook. The guy who used to wear a suit. Can't hang a hat on that. Where the hell did you come from? What does that mean? I just mean where do you That's come hurtful. from? I don't. I don't know anything about you. Uh, we have a good time together. We so do enjoy each other's company. I, isn't that wild? How the hell did that happen? I don't know. You became a better person. I think that's what it came down to. Come on. What hurt? What happened? Where'd you come from? Chicago, Illinois. Oh yeah, South suburbs. Did you start doing comedy in Chicago? Yeah, sure. At Zany's. Yeah, really. I did. Yes, Enix was my home club. Like nineteen eighty five. No, 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 no. Eighty. Uh, my first open mic was. Uh, I did a couple open mics in eighty seven when I turned twenty one, and then I stopped for a little while because I got a I, I got a, a high paying job with MCA Records, and then uh, in eighty nine July October of eighty eight I started again. So you only were MCA for a year. I was. I stayed, I stayed with MCA for um, eighty seven. Late eighty seven to July of eighty nine, I quit my job. Were you a and R two years? I, uh, I was a sales rep, a sales rep for MCA. Yeah, I would sell the records to the record stores. Oh, is that why? Is how did you get a job like that? I worked in a record store, and the head of uh, MCA Chicago uh, came. He li- he happened to live near my store. So, and then, it's funny in retrospect, I understand what happened. He had to go out and visit certain stores as part of his job. Yeah. Well, mine happened to be on his way home. From the you know the exit from the highway and yeah. here's his house. Hey, yeah. Orange's Records is right on the way. I could write this off. I went and saw a store. So he would come in on a regular basis and he would see that. And in fairness to me and him, uh, I had no, our store did no business. So I had all day to put up displays. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like to you know to advertise these releases. Sure. So I would take I I I would literally I could I'd have four hours. <laughs> Without a single customer to put up like a a great GRP jazz display, it must have been great displays, right? Four hours. <laughs> Seriously, I, I I not one customer would come in. So this guy would come in and go, "Wow, this guy really cares about his job. Look at that display." He didn't know that I I, I was doing it to so I you know I wouldn't go kill myself. Um, so he said, "Boy, you really uh, you know." And, and and by the way, working in a record store at that time, yeah, the dream was to work for a label. Sure, you wanted to be, you. That was the bigs. You know, you got free concerts. In, in you got, what capacity? Say it again. As, as sales? Or, in, or did you actually see yourself as being an A&R? In or? I think just in general. At all. You know, I, I was 18. Okay, so you you just wanted to be in the music business. Yeah, yeah. right. You know, I mean, you know, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I manage record stores. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you always saw the guys that came in from MCA or CBS or Warner Brothers, and they had, you know, boxes of promo albums. Free records. Free records. Oh. Hey, you want to go see Lyle Levin? Here's a couple of tickets. Like, wow, he's got two extra to give me. Yeah. So how many does he have for himself? Like, how many shows does he go? So backstage passes, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Everything. Meeting your rock star idols. Yeah. So uh, working at a record store was, uh, or for a record label was, you know, that was, I made it yeah. as far as that went. Did you get your free tickets? Sure. <laughs> Sure. Were you buddies with? Uh, did you get backstage? And uh, were you the record guy, the record uh, label guy? Yeah. You know what? It turned out that there were people higher up in the food chain than me. Really? Than the guy who's in charge of sales? Yeah. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't in charge of sales. I, 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 I had the. I was a low man on the totem pole. I had the smallest accounts possible. Uh, I had. A, I had the Mon Pa record stores, God which are God. the better record stores. You just didn't make there's, as much money. There's still a few around. Mm-hmm. So we we got you working at the record company, yes, and, and now and, and starting to do open microphones, right? Like consistently. But be, but as as a child, were you a freak of some kind? What does that mean? I, I don't know what it means. I mean, you're very you're, you're quick personality. You're intense. Uh, you're you're all over the place. I mean, I, I charming, I, charming. Yeah, of course no you question. have to be. If I picture you as say maybe a seventh grader, I I, I find I I see you selling things out of the back of a car. Is um, that anything like that? In no, your past? you know, I playing I, cars, rolling dice in the hallway. Nothing. I, I didn't grow up in the fifties. Okay. Was it? You seem to have that vibe, though. I wasn't. Uh, wasn't You're like a. Wasn't one of the lords of Flatbush. You weren't. No. <laughs> the rubber band didn't uh, work. Um, I. Uh, you know, I, I've I've said this before, and 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 I beat myself up over it. I wish I would have embraced uh, being unique and interesting, and I didn't. I chose to try to fit in. Uh, with the popular people, you did. I tried to. That's I re- didn't. That's crazy. But, I guess we all. But I spent, I spent too much time trying. And what happened? Uh, I, I would fail, and and from time, you know, I always try to ask the the popular girls out on dates. They would say no, and then yeah, and then you know, I'd show up in the next class, and the popular boy would make fun of me for having even tried. Uh, which you know, I which I in retrospect is hey, good for good for me. I fucking tried. Yeah, you, you stepped out there, but at the same time, and- I wish I would have went. You know what? I am a guy that likes, and eventually I kind of did. Eventually, yeah. like junior year and senior year of high school, yeah. I finally went. You know, I found my group of friends, whether they be the theater guys or and girls, or the you know, I was in a band in high school. Did you do musical theater? Sure, of course. Yeah. I and I always had the non singing roles, even though I was the lead singer of a band. I, I I was not a good singer. You did did you dance? No, I was always I was I was always cast as the comic relief non singing role. Oh, so where you were the goofy. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to sing. You didn't have to dance. The guy who stumbled in with his hat. That's it. That's it. I was like in Anything Goes. I was the sixty five year old man. You know, they had to put you know gray in my hair, and I'd come in. Another round of drinks, my good man, and then you know stumbled off stage, and then everybody would laugh and talk about comic relief. Yeah, that was me. But yeah, I wish I would. I wish I would have learned that sooner. 
Yeah, I, I think I scrambled around till probably uh, last year. Yeah? You know, yeah, and trying to figure out who the hell I am <laughs> you know, where I fit in. I, I think there's part of me that's still trying to do that. Like, I still have residual of that. Like, like last night, I, so I was hanging out at a place, and uh, there was all these tattoo people and cool people, mm-hmm. and I literally got that feeling, and I'm like, um, they're better than me somehow. They're, yeah, yeah, they're cooler but, but, than me. But they're not, and, and, and they're no, just they're, as insecure and scared as you are, which is why they right. cover up their skin with ink. That's right. They're hiding behind somebody's that's right. artwork. Yeah, I don't hide behind anything. Uh, I mean, these glasses make me uncomfortable because I think that I'm hiding a little bit. Um, you know, I used to wear glasses, and I used to love wearing them on stage for that reason. You did? I, I kind of felt like... Uh, like a little bit of a shield between me and the audience. I don't remember you in glasses ever. Um, like, were you on Caroline's wearing glasses? I can't remember if I wore them or not on, on Caroline's. I used to do a whole bit about buying glasses, and you know the uh, them uh, you know putting that, that that puff of air in your eye. Oh, that's and, uh, but uh, that's that's when you go to the uh, ophthalmologist. Now this was uh, just an optometrist. Yeah, just an optometrist. They did the puff of they air in your eye. Puff of air. They did did the yeah. glaucoma test. Yeah, yeah. And, I, uh, I think you're mistaken. No, no, no. I, I never went to an ophthalmologist because I can't even say it. No, an ophthalmologist. They, an optometrist doesn't do a glaucoma test. They, they did. have to be doctors. They, it's an ophthalmologist, a doctor. Optometrist is not a doctor. It's like a, it's like a, a podiatrist. They're not doctors. I'm going to tell you what? one. I'm going to tell you two things. Do you ever go to a podiatrist? Number one, I'm going to ignore that question. Number two, I went to get my glasses, and whoever the hell fitted me put the puff of air in my eye. All right, fine. Fine. So I mean, so I'm I not going to argue with you. I but don't I, know. I don't know. It could have been. Could have been a doctor. It could have been the guy that sells the frames. What? I don't know who did it. All right. But I sat down in his chair, and they because I did. I did a bit about it. Uh, you know, I, like, I'm just saying that he would. I, if it wasn't a doctor, then they, they, they perhaps there's a lawsuit. I mean, I, they, you can't be puffing people's eyes. Well, you know what? Then without I, a, without a, again uh, an it, MD, it could have been the kid unloading the the pallets. <laughs> did he did he do it with his mouth? <laughs> or did he... you know what? Now that I think about it, he may have. He may have. You're right. That does that does seem a little low rent. Good know. prices. <laughs> I thought it was just because they were good prices. They're they're cutting back. So you don't wear contacts now, or you do? No, I had the laser, LASIK, and that worked for you. Love it. You didn't, it didn't frighten you. No, I welcome it. And it's how long ago was that? Ten years ago. Holy shit! Did you advertise it on the air? I don't know what that means. Oh, you didn't do radio, did you? Uh, no, no. LASIK used to be the, they, they'd offer everybody radio spots. And, and there was a time where I was doing radio where I could have gotten LASIK for free. Well, you should have done it. I didn't. Take advantage. Well, I don't. Because I it's your eyes. And well, you let me save show you. as much hold money on, as possible. I'm going to take my glasses off and see what happens. Weird, right? No. Really? It's not jarring to you? Like if I, <laughs> I mean, it's not jarring No, I mean, if I, you think if I got on stage like this, people would be like, no, no, put them back on, put them back well, on. Well, I think if they didn't know, what, what's, what's your concern? That is one of your... My concern is that the only thing that people remember about me is my glasses. Yeah, but you know what? They'll forget about that in a year. Oh, they will? Yeah. And they'll just remember what I say? Yeah. And whatever haircut I might have? Oh, certainly. Like how long, sure. do, now how long do I have to keep the goatee and the mustache that I got going now? I've made a commitment to this. Uh, nobody knows I'm what so fucking, I, what is my problem? I don't know. All right, so you cut it. Your, Shave it off. Your parents, what kind of family you come from? Let's get into this stuff. Oh, here I we want, go. Let's I, dig deep. I love it. I know. I, I just, uh, you know, I just want to make sure. I'm not going to go crazy because I don't want anyone crying here. Well, but nobody, I, nobody's going to weep. I might. Sure. I mean, how, sure. Over that uh, goatee? Well, I mean, I, I have the, my lack of confidence and now going back to high school and remembering. Well, we, well, we all had it. I mean, I, I, you know, I, don't, I, I think any comic that was confident in high school isn't a good comic. Yeah, the confidence in general bothers me. Did we talk about this? I'm sure. I'm sure it's crossed our uh, our conversational path. The, the unfounded confidence thing it bothers me very much. I yeah right. Like I'll say on stage sometimes. I'll say literally. It's like if you are happy, I don't know what you're doing here. Um, 
I, well, I try to be happy. I've got a wife and a kid. And, and, no, but see, and but see the, word, the important word with there was? Try. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is that it's my belief that people who go to stand-up comedy clubs. To perform know, or to watch? To watch. That that at some point in their day, they that this happened. Oh, is this how it's going to be? <laughs> you, know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I imagine that's everybody, but well-adjusted people who are going out for an evening to entertainment. I don't, I don't want them in my room. Well, well, you know that's that. I would say that that goes to my uh, uh, my uh, idea of I want to open up a comedy club called Off Nights. Yeah, uh, which is just Thursday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. Yeah, because those are the misfit weirdo comedy fans, and you're confident. Hey, let's just go out and do something. Yeah. Movie, uh, bowling, or comedy club. Those yeah. are your Friday, Saturday folks. Right. Um, so I don't disagree with that. I don't enjoy the uh, the 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 Saturday shows. Not they're not as good as they used to be. They're not as fun as a, as a Thursday or a Sunday, as but, far as I'm concerned. But the audience, right? It's not you. It's not me. Um, I think it's, I think the, I think yeah. people there on a Thursday or a Sunday want to watch comedy and weekends. That's somebody. That's even, something to do. I even like a Friday second show now. I never used to. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go that far with you. Oh. But Saturday, high expectations, very it's quiet. It's high expectations. Yeah. They sit down, you know, although you know, the Cincinnati, that go bananas. There's not a clunker in the bunch at that club. That club in Columbus, you like that club? I had a pleasure of working there uh, with uh, Richard Lewis maybe 10, 12 years ago. Oh, my God. And uh, it was a two-man show, me and Richard Lewis. Really? And, uh, I sat and watched every show. You know, the man, he's a legend and he's a... Did you enjoy watching him? I loved it. I still I, like him a great deal. He is in my top five uh, of all time. He's uh, one of my favorites. So what, what are the other? It, uh, who are the other four? Yeah, you know who they are. I mean, I, I, we don't have to get into it. But well, uh, I think we should get into it. Well, you know, I, how would I know? Do you talk about it on your show? I talk about it. And, and I talked to the guy about it at the car wash today. You did? Sure. You, just a guy. What you, you were watching? I, the guy. He the said, Mexicans. He said, "How you doing today?" He said, "Top five comics. Here they come." Yeah. And uh, you know, I I, I think Richard Lewis, you know, obviously Richard Lewis is in there. Johnny Carson, Don Rickles. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I I credit Robert Klein. Uh, for uh, you know, being uh, the first um, observational comic, uh -huh. I give him credit for the way that we basically, you know, uh, got us into what we do today. Yeah, it's Robert. I think it's Robert Klein and Richard Lewis to an extent of really uh, formed what I do, mm -hmm. which is you know, uh, you know, God, to, to overanalyze comedy, but to you know, to look at life and 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 find what's funny about it, and but yet be you know, improvisational within that. Sure. Do you write jokes? It's a strong word. I'm sorry. I know. I, I feel the uh, same way. Nah, you know what? Because uh, uh, when I've seen you, it seems that you'll go on and then just go. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I you know, I'll, I'll go up and talk about something that happened that day. Yeah. And I'll try to find the, you know, the funny in there. And then I'll, you know, then, then I will, you know, tighten the screws on that. Yeah. But uh, for the most, no, I don't. And, and and you know what? It's probably hurt me in the long run. See, I, th I sometimes think that as well, that I think that there's a disciplined way to do that, that I don't utilize at all. I, I wouldn't even know how to utilize it. I, mean, I really wouldn't know. You know, somebody once said to me, and this is when David Tell was at the peak of his powers. Yeah. Somebody said- Six years ago? If you, yeah, it was about six years ago. Yeah. They said, if you wrote more, you'd be more successful than David Tell right now. And I went uh, in my head, uh, yeah, but I don't. And like, I didn't even fight it. I just went, oh, okay, maybe he's right. But yeah. I didn't, it didn't even occur to me to like the next day to go, well, maybe I should write more. <laughs> like that never crossed my mind. It was just like, well, that's not what I do. Yeah. You know, and- uh, maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. I don't know. But I think that people like you and I thrive on something different. That you know, the satisfaction of a joke working is not as good as the satisfaction of thinking on your feet. I and, like being on my being feet. in the yeah. present, being being in the moment, telling a story, finding the funny, and then whether or not you're telling that story, you know, uh, isn't that the most amazing thing? Because they're the, but the problem is the that means that we have those moments where you're like, we you walk off. 
and people go, that was a great show. And and you might think that was a good show, but the moment you hang on to it is like, remember when I was talking to that guy about his dog? Right. He did that thing? That that made the whole week. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I did it, uh, In Cincinnati this past week, I did a thing where a guy said, uh, a guy, you know, typically I said, you know, how old, uh, how old are your kids? And he goes, uh, I think she's 27. And I just went, father of the year, he's father. And I, and I, just, and I just did this dumb Wayne Brady-esque yeah. sort of father of the year song yeah, yeah. that uh, it made me laugh. You know what I mean? And, it, and then, of course, the audience gets caught up in that. Yeah, you yeah, enjoy yeah. it. And, uh, and then I, I improvised some other dumb thing about how, uh, you know, I'm getting older and I got I to get, uh, get my prostate checked, but I'm so uh, OCD that I don't know where that doctor's hands have been, so I, I have him use his penis. And it's, you know, but again, it's like if, if I took the time to write that, yeah. it'd be like, what are you writing? Yeah. But like, if you just, if, if, if it just happens, you know, yeah. you're like, Hey, that's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a well-crafted joke that I just improvised. Yeah. I just improvised a well-crafted joke that somebody else would have went, well, this word here, this yeah, word yeah. there, this, yeah. this, but so, uh, I enjoy that. I but enjoy you keep it. that joke now though. Oh, I'm going to use that one. Well, yeah. But I'm a little embarrassed. I'm a little embarrassed that I brought it up in conversation here. Yeah. Um, because uh, I'm not a guy that likes to repeat my act like that. Like, hey, here's well, something I said. It was in context. Uh, thank you. But yeah. again, I still, I'm so freaking insecure and weird that I needed to explain that to myself. But th- but that's the way I write too. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, that I need to corner myself on stage yeah. in that moment for anything to funny to come out. Which, if I try to write a funny thing down, I'm like, I don't know. But like, if you're in the moment, it's like, yeah. nothing's happening in this second. I gotta get my prostate check. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look at you, old man. Get your prostate check. <laughs> you know, whatever, pan. Hey, look at this kind of gray exactly. hair. You're getting old. And then boom, that, you know, your mind clicks. Uh, which is why I, I again I like these I like the, the Wednesdays Thursdays Sundays because you have the freedom to do that at those shows. It puts us in a position to wait so long for jokes to finish themselves. Is that that's the weird thing? Is that you know you got an idea, you try it on stage a couple of times, and you had that one golden moment where the the, the original joke popped, right? But, but then like it's sort of like I've had jokes that I tell and I find a new beat to them three four years later. Sure, yeah, sure. And it's like that's an awful long time to write a joke. <laughs> it's like how long did it take you to write that joke? I had ten years. I got well, the first beat. You know, ten years ago, the second beat six six years, years ago. Then, uh, and I finally found the callback. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I just, I, in fact, I was so proud of this. It's ridiculous. I, I tell this story about going uh, a true story that happened to me at a subway sandwich shop, and uh, uh, there's always been this little middle part there. This little, no more. It's like th- it was three sentences, and it it never worked. It ne- those three lines never got a laugh, which is. Which, in the big scheme of of, a, of an hour set, okay, yeah, who cares? Yeah, but every time I would do those three things, it would it would bring the show to a halt. It would and and it, this week, and I and I came home and I said to my wife, I said, you know what I did? I got I got rid of those three sentences. <laughs> it only took me six years, but I got rid of those three sentences. No more. And it makes that joke just go. Right. It, and by the way, the three sentences are, uh, you know, it was basically, um, uh, how big are subway sandwich shops? What are they? Ten feet by ten feet. That's it. That's it. That's it. What is that? That's two sentences. I get rid of that. Yeah. But yet it made getting it made the bit tighter and faster, and it you know it got the. So you got rid of the, the and the joke works better. I think it does. So we so we do write jokes. We just don't write one liners. We don't write one line, which I think, by the way, I'm envious of. Yeah, me too. I'm jealous of yeah. when when it's time to go up at, at a UCB or or a quote unquote open mic. Yeah. And. When you do what you and I do in the middle of these guys that go up and do one-liners, it's easy to get laughs. That's no disrespect to good joke writers, by the way. But to go up and go, uh, because you 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 know you, those words do all the work for you. Yeah. With what you and I do, if you tell a story and it's just, eh, 
you can, and then the next guy goes up and and you know has aha uh-huh, left turn ha uh-huh, uh-huh, left right. turn yeah, 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 you know yeah. what i mean yeah 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 uh, oh here it comes how, gra- how great were tony's jokes tonight yeah. man really uh mark and jimmy did they improvised they stories put their about hearts their, out there. right <laughs> and it's like yeah but he, he didn't find it you know paul tompkins same way you know you get out there and you you try to do these stories and, and you have to work them out somewhere uh. Um, I I did a story the other night that like it was really that moment where I said the end of the story and there was no laughter. It was just a poignant moment. Right. And I knew it. And I knew that the end, you know, and then I I just it came out. It came. Well, it was this long story I told on the podcast once before about thinking a guy was a terrorist on a plane. Okay, And this whole rigmarole of what I went through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, thinking he was a terrorist and what I was going through in my mind and how the stewardesses became su- you know, suspect of me because I was in a panic. <laughs> right. I, I heard you tell the story. Yeah, yeah. Did you, th- did you tell this on my show at the UCB? So. I don't think so. You, you told might, it somewhere. You might have heard it on the podcast. Oh, that can't be. Oh. But I've heard it <laughs> somewhere. Oh, I might have told it on the UCB. I think you told it on the UCB. Yeah, but the, then I get this beat where like, you know, like the, the beat before was just sort of like I sat down and at the end, you know, I, we were landing and the, the stewardess who was suspecting me initially, she said, are you okay? I said, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I just got something in my head. And she goes, you know, well, you know, it happens. We all do. And I'm like, well, there were two beats I came up with. And I'm like, well, you're a racist then. Yeah, I thought it was one beat. But the beat that I liked the most was that, like, after I went through this insanity, I saw the guy who I thought was the terrorist walk back after I thought he was in the cockpit killing. <laughs> right. And I walk back and I look at him and he looks at me. And I realized at that moment that uh, I had lost the war on terrorism. And that got a good laugh. That's a nice I'm, line. I'm not even sure why. That's a nice but, line. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, you know, they, they, you know, I was incapacitated. I don't have to read too much into it. But the beat was there. Uh, I, w- whenever I will tell something like that, and then it, you know, the end of the story happens, and there, and no laugh happens, or a hey, good story kind of. Yeah, yeah. You, you see, the audience is with you. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're bored. I always panic, and then I yell at them. For not getting it, right? Even though they got it, they enjoyed it. Yeah, and it's a you know, uh, or I will then go. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Nobody was fucking the ass in that joke. Yeah. Well, what, what happened? Well, yeah, what happened? You what got, happened? You Why freaked you, out? You, fr- I, they, you know, they left you alone. If yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like, you, where are you? I thought we were friends. Guys, right, I thought. I what thought, kind of friends leave their friend alone? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, I know. You were with me for four minutes of that story. Why in the yeah. last thirty seconds how did you decide you, to bail on? How do you abandon me? Well, that, that's what I always wonder about you. Is because I I'd like to believe I don't. I'm not uh, like that. You know, like if I'm if I'm letting something sit. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, between me and you and whoever the hell's listening to this, if I'm letting something sit, it's taking a lot of energy. Like I'm not. It's it doesn't just happen naturally. If it, right. If I'm not getting laughs. And and I'm pretending like it's okay. I'm pretending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like got it's you. Okay. Like you know, I'm not cool with like you know. Okay, if that if I'm saying like no, I, like I understand. It's not maybe it's not that kind of a joke where people laugh that much. Like, but whatever the case, you know, I want the laughs. Oh yeah, we all you know those guys. But you that, get them. Yes, I do. I don't I'm, always I'm, get them. Well, I don't always either. Do you really not? But I mean, it's just well, you know what happens, Mark, and, and I and I get angry at myself for it. I'll go. I'll I will go to a UCB or I will go. You know, to to a a. Uh, uh, I don't want to say an open mic because I have, I don't do that. I'm better than that. But yeah, they're uh, not called that anymore. Anyways, well, they're just called a comic produce show. All right, I'll go to a comic produce show or yeah. I'll go to a booked <laughs> program. Yeah. And with every like, I'll, I'll you know I'll have my index card. Yeah. Of uh, okay, I'm gonna hit these. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do, these are my six new ideas. Yeah. And then I'll do the first one. It'll go eh, and then 
you don't see those other five. I go into, hey, what's your name? Hey, I gotta call you. I gotta leave here happy. And then I'll get home. And my wife will go, hi, hey, how did the new stuff go? And I go, I bailed after one. And she's like, why? Yeah. You know, you know, you can do what you do. You know that the old jokes work. You know that working the crowd works. You know that being in the moment works. But, you know, it's it's getting these new things to try. So you know, if you're not, if, you, you gotta fail somewhere. And, but I'm so goddamn afraid of it on stage that uh, that I you know uh, it's hard for me to to follow through and, and try the new stuff. Yeah, well, you know, it's giving me some inspiration about that is fucking CK, and I say that with love. But you know, fucking Louis, successful Louis. Yeah, they call him in the business successful. I, Louis I still CK. call him Lucky Louis. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. That's that could, he called himself that. I, Boy, yeah. I think he's terrific. Yeah. Well, you know, he he will force himself if he's and he's generating an awful lot. I mean, he's doing a new hour a year, mm-hmm. a year, and that, he's got a work ethic around it. And he said he will throw away the jokes that you know when he's working on a new hour, the hour he did before, not happening, not going to use it. Are you? I mean, I, I, I you know, you, I tried you, that. I tried it in Atlanta, and well, I I because of the way we work, I think he works differently. I think he writes. He writes. Uh, it's a little more difficult, but you know, once I started to find things that I wanted to do and, and then you start to realize that like, dude, like, you know, I got a couple of stories I'm telling. They're not quite right, you know, but I got to find where the beats are and I got to add beats. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is, is put them out there. It's just that it's an insecurity. It's like, but I could do that old thing. I did no man. And so you did it all week in Atlanta. You did did nothing but new stuff. I did about 35, 40 minutes. New stuff. That's great. Good for you. I and the crowd believe. stayed with you. And they, yeah, I couldn't believe it. That's what I, you know, again, I hear nothing but it's what is it? Seventy five people sitting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You can't lose. Really. Right. Love it. It's real. It's real nice. It's real intimate. And but there were some fragmented jokes. There were some pieces that you know, I'm trying to work some callbacks in. I'm trying to build an hour for a new CD. Right. That, that kind of calls back on itself and does a few things. And uh, you know, I bailed on some of that. Yeah, but... I'm, I bailed on like setting up a, a, a callback, but I think it's interesting that you have. So you do this with your wife. You do this thing. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have one of them anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to bring that up. Oh, did it come I, up again? No, it did. It's hot in here, right? I'm sorry. It, it, you know, I, uh, I should could, I put the air on? Do you remember the movie? The full, you remember the movie, The Full Monty? Let's see how long. They, let's see how, how loud this is. Answer me. Yeah, I remember. Remember the full Monty? I'm not taking my clothes off. Uh, I feel like, remember when he went into the steam room and he wrapped himself in, his garage wrapped himself in plastic and ate a Snicker bar? Yeah. That's how I feel right now. Well, this will be an experiment. Let's see how much the air conditioner affects the podcast. Can you hear that? Yeah. Can hear pretty loud, right? Yeah, it's annoying. Is it? I I think it'll be annoying to a listener. Oh, yeah? I don't know. Let's leave it on for one second. And, uh... Or maybe eventually, you know, our, uh, the fact that you and I refuse to stop talking... I don't want to lose the momentum, but I also don't want to be in heat. I don't want to be the, like, I'm starting to get, see, I don't mind sweating and sitting here and sweating the, and the way I am. But you're getting a little lightheaded? No, no, I'm fine, but I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking he's uncomfortable. I'm more concerned about you. I, I chose, I like and this is my mistake, I chose a flannel shirt and uh, dickies to wear. I know, I didn't understand that either, but I thought maybe it was the allergy. I thing am wearing or... blue jeans, which was an error. I did, I, my house uh, keeps the, the cool in. Oh. Even though we don't have an air conditioner? You don't have an air conditioner. No, we're, I, I was going to get it this summer, but the summer's actually been uh, not so hot where I live. How many summers have you been saying that? Uh, we, we, we've we only been here this, uh, this is our second I, summer I've there. Been, I've been saying that here since 2004. Um, I've been sweating, and like literally, there have been summers up in this part, because we're east, so yeah. it's it hot, where, where I literally am incapacitated yeah. by borderline heat stroke, mm-hmm. and I still say, like, I'm going to put central air in. I was going to do it this year, but it, had some, it has not gotten to the point where I, I got to do it. Uh, you don't want to do it in the middle of that? No, no, I know that was. Well, here's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to wait it out. Going to get it done like in October, where everybody's not getting their air conditioning done. 
So I get it in October. Well, right, so you get it on sale. You get a nice price. Yes, too. Uh, yeah, cut that down. Uh, so, so I, so it, we got a little bit though, right? It was, it was comfortable. Yeah. Uh, bottom line, I didn't put shorts on because I thought it was cool outside. Oh no! And then the, I literally, I, I, the walk from my door to my car is like, oh, this is a mistake. But then I was running uh, late to my other meeting, and uh, so I had to. Uh, uh, I you just kept another, moving. You have another meeting? Well, I had stuff prior to this. Yeah, you this did? was this was. I had uh, other stuff before today. How yeah. far are we away? You live in the valley? No, no, I live at uh, down near LAX a little bit. Holy shit! Yeah, this was. Uh, so this is a day. Took this was an error. Day. Yeah, <laughs> this was. Um, <laughs> This I, was, I, let me tell you how far away this is. This was, uh, hey, since I'm that far, I might as well do that other thing too. Yeah. Like it was one of those, like, uh, hey, I'll get that in Burbank and then I'll go to Mark's. Like it was yeah. that sort of a day. Finally. Yeah. yeah. I'm finally going to be out that exactly. far. Exactly. I'm going to be out that far. I'll go to Burbank. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I'm yeah. sorry. That's right. It's worked out. So can I interview your wife or? Would you want to talk to my wife? Well, I someone brought up that I should do a podcast with comedians' wives. Well, but my wife is also a comedian and a writer. So uh, Do I know her? Uh, you've asked this a thousand times. Her name is Danielle Koenig. Uh, uh, you you've met you've met her on many occasions. Why, why do you got to say a thousand times? I don't even think we've talked that many times. Did, did I... Well, you no you when you when you first moved to L.A. Yeah, you bopped around to a bunch of the, uh, the the comedy shows that I didn't do, but my wife was doing. Okay, so you're you know, saying you're at that the, you're, you're at, at a the... different level than me, that you are already at a higher level. No, sir. I'm not. I'm sure saying what you're that I didn't. Uh, uh, no. I, I, again, that's one of my, one of the errors I made was that I chose not to do any of those things. Oh, because you were a mainstream act. You were a comedy club comic. Uh, no, no, no. I was I, I was a Largo guy at that time. I was I was Largo. Yeah, I remember but, seeing but you I, at Largo. Uh, but I, uh, but um, uh, I, you know what? I, I just I, I I valued my time. Like I would I, I would rather do anything but do stand up when I was in town, and I kind of I kind of still kind of feel like I'd rather be at home than go out to a club oh i see because you were on the road a lot so i was on the road you already a had lot. a career yeah it's so my you know my, my girlfriend you know when my wife was my girlfriend she would go out and hit all these things and and you would be there and uh, and your ex-wife would also be there mm. um and yeah, i'm uh, sure i know her Tell, say hi to her for me well i sure will she's yeah. uh, got nothing but great things uh, yeah. great experience no that's not true well you know we talked about it on, my, on my podcast where we ran into you at the airport and you acted as if we didn't exist yeah but i don't know why you keep bringing that up because it was uncomfortable for us <laughs> How about that? How about because it ruined our flight? Oh, I, I have that power. You ruined our I day. I did not ruin your We're day. We're talking about it 10 years later. <sighs> well, I think I've made up for hey, it. Hey, Mark, how are you? Just walk past. I don't. Walk past as if we didn't even speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> you know what I was doing? Here's what I was doing. What were you doing? I was probably saying, here's what was going on in my head. I'm fucking, this is ridiculous. Why am I even going to do that gig? Why? I mean, I'm not, no one's going to fucking show up tonight. And I don't even know what the fucking club is like. Hi, Mark. How you doing? I don't know if I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Did Nothing I ever tell you about when I when I ran into Bobby Slayton at the airport? Bobby Slayton. I ran, Bobby Slayton is getting on the same plane as me. We're both the priority uh, boarding on Good American Airlines because he committed. Yeah, I committed to one airline. That's yes, exactly right. I, me too. You do that early. Uh, I wish I would have done it sooner. How long ago was this? You know what? I only started doing American maybe five years ago. Yeah, I've been I've been on board with that. Have you have you taken any nice trips with your free? Mi- I, I use my miles to get upgrades. I always I would I'd rather use my miles to sit in first class than to take a nice trip. You have a family that I, you tell that to. I love sitting in first class. Okay, I love it. I'll get the upgrade occasionally. I love it. You sit there with the. But people. how much? But how do you always get an upgrade? How many? How much do you fly? Uh, you know what? Uh, yesterday I flew back from Cincinnati. And uh, I actually said to my wife, uh, guess what? Didn't get the upgrade. And it might have been the first time this year. What are we, in August? Uh-huh. So 
No kidding. Yeah, I, I get it a lot. I love. It's night and so day you, for oh, me. So I'm, I'm not okay. a good, as much as I travel. In what order do you talk to your wife? Like, I didn't get up the, the upgrade and I didn't do the three jokes? And or, the, or first? And or, then, how are you? Oh, right, right. It goes, hey, I didn't get the upgrade. Hey, I got these new three jokes. And then, uh, how, how are you are doing? You? And then, and, and, then how, we, and how's the boy? Yeah. <laughs> um, the boy. That's not fair. Uh, that's, of course, reverse all that. Um, so I run into Bobby Slayton. Yeah. And Bobby, you know, comes up and says, uh, you know, he's the pit bull. Yeah. And, Bobby uh, Slayton. He comes up and he, he goes, what, what are you doing? And he looks right at me. And he goes, what, what are you doing? Your priority. Let's, let's get on the plane. And I turn around and I go, you shut the fuck up. And he goes, uh, oh, okay, uh, I guess we'll just get on. And I go, Bobby, Jimmy Pardo. He goes, oh, okay, man. Yeah, good to see you. The beauty of that story is <laughs> he still doesn't. Know. He thought I was just a stranger telling him to shut the fuck up, and he was okay with it. <laughs> like, it happens every day. Like, every day, somebody tells Bobby Slayton to shut the fuck up, and he was okay. It might happen every day. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> if there's I'm, a candidate for that, it's, it's just Bobby. <laughs> You sh- hey, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, okay, man. Yeah, you get up when you want. Like, it was okay. Do you think he's, he knew you when you finally- No, I asked him. I said, I go, and he goes, oh, I don't know, man. I'm just panning by getting on the plane. I, I didn't even know, I didn't know it was you. Oh, my God. He had me canceled from a gig once. I was supposed to open for him, but he had me canceled. Because of that? And at the, uh, no, no, this, this, this happened a month ago. Oh, then he deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> he had me, you know what? I'll tell you something. This happened in 1997. Uh-huh. We had just done a show together at the Improv here in Hollywood. Right. And I was booked to open for him in Irvine for a week at the Improv in Irvine. Mm. And I got the call that day, day of. And, and by the way, this is, you know, this has to be, like I say, 96, 97, where I needed that $500. Yeah. That, that meant that was going to change my life, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying $500 tomorrow wouldn't change my life. You know what I'm saying? But like at that time, I wasn't going to be able to pay my bills if I didn't make that week. So I get the phone call, Bobby wants to cancel you. And I was so, you know, he doesn't want you on the same show as him. And I was so furious and angry. And then it took me years to figure out, well, I wouldn't want to follow me either when I kind of do the same thing. Oh, right. You know, you right. talk, I talk quickly. I talk to the crowd. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I've got, and the, quote unquote, anger. Right. Then you think that was the thing? It had to be. There's no other. There's no other explanation. Too much similar to you. Now you seem like a perfectly pleasant guy, but you just made me realize you are angry up there. You're well, angry. it's you know it's ninety percent faux. I mean, it's a stage persona. Is it? You know, well, you know, Joan Rivers recently said uh, when she's my wife and I saw miserable her. Miserable mess. Well, but but okay. but uh, I think she's very funny. Very and she's funny. terrific, and sure, and I uh, like that she speaks her mind. Um, she said that where you know that uh, she described herself as, as an actress doing stand-up. She, as she talks about that in her documentary. Okay, that she considers herself an actress, not right. a comedian. And my wife at this Q and A said, "What did you mean by that?" And she said, "You know, I'm not like that all the time. I amplify it for the stage. So in in essence, I'm doing an act. So I kind of feel the same with what I do. You know, I do have some anger issues, obviously, but uh, and some insecurities and some you know bitterness right. towards you know some kid in, in the hallway in sophomore year of high school making fun of my height that I bring out on stage. You still pissed off at that kid? Oh, I'm, yeah, certainly, yeah. Do you, have you contacted him? Uh, I, I'd have to make a lot of calls. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to. Now, what do people get on iTunes when they go to get a Jimmy They get Pardo 20 thing? minutes. They get the first 20 minutes free. Oh, so that's enough for some people. Uh, for more than I'd like it to be. Yeah. Uh, there. Yeah, 20 minutes seems to be plenty. Like, yeah, And people even write, hey, I, I'd buy it, but uh, you guys, uh, you fulfill you know, you fill my uh, need uh, with 20 minutes. Well, let me ask you another question then. How yeah. much, uh, How much? like, if, I, if, a, if a fellow who listens to my podcast wants to... Go pay for yours. How much do they pay for that? Oh, they would pay nineteen ninety nine. You'd get uh, twenty six episodes. That's seventy seven cents an episode, and you get uh, nineteen ninety nine for the whole year. No, for twenty six, half a year. 
for ni- oh, sorry, sorry. or or twenty four ninety nine if you want the video component along with it, which pe- a lot of people seem to enjoy. No kidding. Yeah, so that's same, your same show. Just video. that's your business model. Twenty bucks for half a year. Twenty bucks for half a year, and you get some bonus episodes as well that, uh, that don't do not go into the free feed. You get some, uh, you know, uh, recordings of my live shows. And you do the video element live. Well, you're you're there. You saw it. The cameras no, are I there. I know and... that, but is that like happening as you're doing it, or is yeah, it... it's basically like you know, remember when Howard Stern was on E. And it would be a radio show no, with cameras. I understand that. What I'm saying is, are they watching in real time? No, I, I apologize. I misunderstood what you're saying. Yeah. No, it, no, it's not streaming. Uh, you know, they they get released on you know Wednesdays to the uh, paid subscriber Friday. Uh, uh, well, video is not available for free people. It's just audio only. Okay. Well, that's a that that's see because you know I'm doing it a different way. Yeah, you're going all, you're going all, donations, donations, and selling some premium content now. We sell some live ones. Oh, you are. And uh, so we do. We are able to sell premium episodes okay and we have advertisers and that's going yeah i yeah, know you got a lot of advertisers you're doing very well we do all right i mean you're you know, doing some of them more than others uh, you know uh, adam and eve is good remember joker's comedy club in dayton ohio uh-huh she would sell sex toys in, in the lobby i remember that and people comics were irate about it and I, she never made you advertise it on stage she never yeah. made you promote it on stage they were just there and i think it's brilliant for this reason uh Women and or men are embarrassed, some are embarrassed, to go to a sex shop to buy a dildo or whatever sex toy they want. That's right. But if they buy it at the comedy club on the way out, I'm going to get this for Bob as a joke. Yeah. They're comfortable buying it. And then therefore, you know, so same with Adam and Eve, like you're right. Somebody listening to you might not go to a sex shop, but should I can do it privately through Adam and Eve. Yeah, Done. Someone's buying that shit. Most people are buying that shit somewhere. I mean, it's a huge industry. I One thing I couldn't sell, I couldn't sell man greats. I don't even know what that is. It was a it was a promotional thing that you know Corolla had some success with it. They were uh, basically a grill thing that you put on your grill to extend the power of the grill. You know it uh, it was uh, t- two pieces of the grill so that get really hot so you sear it. It's a grilling thing. It's a it's a like it's a like a guy who grills. That's who would buy that. That's not your guys. No, and we told them that we said I don't think this is our guy. Yeah, but you know, you give it a try. You say man, sure, yeah, let's try. You know, and... yeah, you know, I get behind it as much as I can. But I think that I think that the sex toys is more across the board. Yeah, where are you headed now? After this is over, I'm going to go and uh, get an IV because I've lost so, much, <laughs> so many bodily fluids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, you know what? Where I go? You know what I'm doing this weekend? What? I'm going to uh, my uh, a, a 30 year eighth grade class reunion. Wow. Haven't seen these people in 30 years. An eighth grade class reunion? Yeah. Who the fuck does that? Nobody. We had a really small- How'd you find those fucking people? Yeah, Facebook does everything. Eighth grade? Eighth grade. I don't even know if I know anybody in eighth grade. We were, again, This is here's what's interesting about where I grew up. I grew up 87th Street North is Chicago, city of. Uh-huh. 87th Street South is a place called Hometown, and it's one mile by one mile, and I lived in this place called Hometown. And it was built for the Korean War veterans. They came back and there were these new taxes. No. Oh. Uh, the older folks were from Korea. My dad would have went to Vietnam had oh. he not gone oh, to Canada. Right. Uh, that part's not true. Yeah. Um, he, uh, but these are, they're, they're duplexes, 750 square feet. Oh. So small. Yeah. Very small. That's smaller than this place. Uh, I have a small house. It's small. 750 is small. I went back to visit uh, my old house a couple of years ago and- he kept insulting the owner by going, look how small. I can't believe I grew up in this small house. Yeah. And my wife goes, uh, he lives here. Shut up. 
<laughs> He'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I go, look at that. I go, this one, my brother and I shared this room. You couldn't even put a washer and dryer in here. Um, so, you know, uh, so it was a small graduating class. You know, I think we are, I think everybody is looking forward to seeing this neat little, where we, we literally were part of the city of Chicago, but we may as well have been out in the middle of Iowa. Right. It was like this neat, weird So what are you little, talking about, 40 people? I think there's probably about 40. Yeah, am I graduating class? Of it's graduating eighth grade class. Twenty five people in eighth grade. Yeah, maybe you graduated. Maybe, from maybe grade? thirty. Maybe fifteen guys, fifteen girls. That's interesting. They're going to expect you to do something, you know. Uh, well, that's not happening. I disappointed my twenty fifth my my twenty fifth high school reunion. But well, you, they they picked the most interesting job. Like it was really horrible. The, the and they picked me in hopes that I would do some stand up. There's no fucking way. The, no fucking. way. The woman came up to me. And let's talk about this. The woman at my high school, my twenty came up to me. Her name was Lynn. She's a sweet lady. She came over. She goes, you know what? She goes, I, I spent the last year putting this thing together. Yeah. I spent every day doing about this. All I ask, could you go up and do 10 minutes? Ugh. And I went, no. She goes, I spent a year putting this together. I go, yeah, I can't. And so she may still be angry with me, but you know as well as I do, that's a fucking recipe for disaster. Those are the people that made us what we are. Right. They, they hurt right? us. Yes. And and the last thing they want now they might privately in their home those go, fucking football players who are still, right they still have the same personality but they were all fat but I yeah but I've had the same feeling like I'm not going to risk being no. rejected by again, them again again <laughs> right it took me 20 years to get over it <laughs> yeah and I don't even know if I still am right so I'm going to go up on stage hey no good to see all no. you people that hated me no. 20 years ago I, I came here to prove you all wrong. And to let you now judge me? No fucking way. I wouldn't do it either. But again, like I was going to say, privately, they might be in their home going, how cool is it that Mark Maron or my, is, how cool, Jimmy Pardo's on TV. How cool is that? They might privately do that. But you know damn well, if you got up on that stage of that reunion, that's not the fucking vibe. They're, they're going to be ju- standing there judging, I was angry no. at their own life because they chose to. And you know, uh, it, yeah, but you know, we would have like went right back to who we were then. I fear that because of that, then you wouldn't be funny either. Of course, so that's get, what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah, what right. I mean. You like, go back I, to that, and where I just become sort of like you know, like that sort of like not quite complete personality guy that mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just struggling to get. I like literally when it happened, you know, I I knew what they were trying to do, and when they brought me up as the most unique job, I was just like, well, thank you, and that was it, and I I went and sat down yeah. because it was there wasn't even like the people that were there, you know, weren't even like there wasn't most of the people weren't there. But the but the people that I hated, the people who they would all showed have, up, right? Right. The people who would have organized something like that were the same people that would have organized yeah, something yeah, like that yeah, when you yeah, were in yeah. high school, and they were always the popular kids. And I knew them well enough, but there was no, I was there was no fucking way I was going to risk failure for that. I I one hundred percent agree with you. It's it's interesting for the same reason. Like literally, it was like no, this no, I, no. I I'll leave before I do that. Uh, I said to my wife, my wife and I had, at that point were married. Uh, this was in August. We got married in May. We were married two months, and I turned to her and I said, uh, "I go, I will leave if they at any point try to make me do that. I will." So just you like said you it. Said, I said, "I go, I, I go we're, we're out of here." I, I didn't come here to perform. I kind of came there just to be a. And the funny part about my reunion is, I, I, I this, this is funny. I, I got there as they were taking the class photo. We got there a little late, and they're taking the class photo of you know twenty years later, um, and then they put it side by side and they send it to everybody. They, hey, look how different we are. Uh. And so as I. Uh, they go, hey, the woman, this Lynn goes, get in there. We're about to do the class photo. So I go running in. And as I'm going to, to, to run in to get in the photo, I hear one girl go, he's here. And then another girl goes, who? She goes, Jimmy Pardo, he's here. And the other girl goes, why does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> and I heard it all. So it was like, 
how cool. Oh, yeah, you're damn right I'm here. Yeah. Came from Hollywood, you yeah, assholes. Yeah, yeah. And then immediately, why, why does, does that, that matter? matter? Oh, you're right. And she's kind of right. Yeah. You know what? I but mean, what, I, if we were bigger acts, would, what, 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 how would we have felt? You know what? Uh, I, they better be kissing my ass if I'm a bigger act. Well, that's what I mean. It's, I think something has to do with it is because we're still in that area where it's sort of like some of the people at that reunion, they may not have seen us on television. Right. You're right. Like, you know, if we were fucking Jerry Seinfeld or well, somebody that's... like that, I'm just saying that if we had that, you know, we the, the, we are in the position with our particular yes, 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 level yes, yes, yes. in show business, we're not entitled to having the same type of confidence that a real fucking big celebrity you would have. You still have to kind of convince them, no, no, no I'm doing well. Right. That's hey, right. How, hey, how's that stand-up right. going, Mark? We're, we're, yeah. Great. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't know. Great. We, I'm on we television. Saw you, yeah, well, yeah, we saw you 10 years ago on the, you were on the Conan. We saw you once. I did four, five I did, or more. Yeah, I've done more and, after that. And I just did no, this. No, we just saw just, you the once. So, yeah. So if you don't really pop through, you're still defending it. You well, still have a reason to be insecure in front of those fucking people. I've always said, and, and it, shuts, it shuts down the fringe family and the guy that sits next to you on the plane. If you make the mistake of telling them that you're a comedian... The second you, they always go, you've been on The Tonight Show? And if you go, no, I haven't, they go, well, keep it up. But the second you go, yeah, they go, oh, oh. Like, oh, you're legit. Yeah. You've been been on Jay Leno? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, good for you. Hey, great, man. Hey, all right, you're living your dream. But if you go, no, not yet, well, keep it up. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, tough business, huh, kid? Sure. My father, today, I talked to him, he goes, uh, I go, we're doing our 100th podcast. He goes, uh, what's that, the bypass? Hmm. And I said, no, the podcast. Oh, the broadcasting, the podcast. I said, have you have you listened to any? Hey, you know, I just am busy and I can't, I don't, uh, maybe you should show me how to do it. How old of a guy is your dad? So, I don't know, 78? So let's be fair to your dad. No, no, 68, 68, not 78. My dad's 67. Okay. But, so, but let's be fair to them. Yeah. Uh, boy, your dad's young. How, yeah. old are, how old are you? 46. You look great. Um, is that possible then? 46, 56? Yeah, your dad's 21. 56. Your dad was 21 when he had you. No, he, was, well, he wasn't. He was 23. So he's 70. My dad was 23 yeah. when he had me. Um, but my dad doesn't listen to it either. Because, but I think it's I think it's a generational thing. I think Did your a, dad own a store? He owns a computer store. Sells po- uh, iPods. <laughs> You'd think he'd listen. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No. He, my dad's a, he's a quality control engineer, which oh. I couldn't tell you what that is for $1,000. Your oh, whole he, life. He's told me. Yeah? You don't know. But I don't know. I don't, and even, you know what, Mark, this yeah. last time that I went, uh, he said, you know, where I work, uh, you know, our new offices are right down the street. So in my head, I went, I, I, I have an excuse. I have an excuse it, it, to finally go, bring me there, give me a tour and explain what you do. Like without going, tell me what you do again, Dad. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, yeah, okay. Hey, yeah, that's great, son. Let's go do that. So he gives me a tour of his whole thing. The second I got in the car, if you would have went, uh, what do they do? I don't know. <laughs> you have no he, idea. He explained it to me. Yeah. Showed me. Yeah. Uh, it's... It, it may as well have been a dial tone. I, and I, that's no disrespect to him. I just don't. You really can't get it. I don't. I can't grasp it. I know. But he's been doing it for you know fifty years. If he's happy, he's got a good pension. Oh, he's doing great. He's about I to hope retire. We, are we gonna be all right? I don't know about that. All right. Well, it was good talking to you. Oh, it was my pleasure. All right, buddy. Jimmy Pardo, of course, uh, and his podcast is never not funny. Funny shit. Jimmy Pardo. Glad he was here. Also, WTFPodshop.com. New episode up. Night of Many Jews. Featuring Jeff Garland, Susie Essman, Gary Goldman, and Joe Mandy. Go do that. Also, you can go to WTFPod.com and 
you know, get a link to justcoffee.coop or go to punchwinemagazine.com and see what's up there. Go to standuprecords.com and maybe order a record. Go to adamandeve.com and get some toys and free uh, DVD and half price and free shipping on all your filthy toys. Do that stuff. Get on the mailing list and also send me a little money. I'm, a little, I'm, in, I'm in a little bit of panic. I went through a lot today, as I discussed earlier. Oh boy! All right, I, I'm I'm covered in sweat. I'll talk to you later.